Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello and welcome to episode number 38 of Four Future Considerations. I'm John Rashad and uh, welcoming in the boys, Manny. Hello, Manny. Oh God, man, don't even don't even start with him. Let's, let's why Rashad. Why don't you and I talk right now because we're <laughs> we're pretty much going to be done after the intro, and we're just going to let uh, Manny roll for the next 48 minutes. That guy's <laughs> voice is Matt. <laughs> I'm Manny. <laughs> Woo! Wearing the Habs jersey. Woo! <laughs> Celebrating a Game 7 win. Woo! An improbable Game 7 win. Woo! And we're on to the second round. Woo! Did they win? I didn't see the score. Oh, shut it. <laughs> <laughs> Manny's been so quiet about it. I'm not sure what happened in that game. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, that could have been part of the uh, Korean Hockey League. I, I wouldn't have uh, seen the score yet. It hasn't hasn't reached over here yet. Come on. How are you guys doing? It's a great, great day, isn't it? Outside broadcast is uh, here. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's been great all week. Uh, yeah, no, no, no complaints at all. Manny, <laughs> any complaints? <laughs> I got no complaints whatsoever. <laughs> By the way, we should do the... We should do the disclaimer because the last time we recorded outside in the, uh, the in the outdoor studios from Forest Glade, um, a few people emailed us and said, "What's the noise in the background?" <laughs> and there were birds chirping, yeah. and people were talking about how their noise canceling headphones weren't working, and they were going <laughs> to send them in for a refund because they could hear birds, but. You might hear some birds or other animal noises in the background here. As Milo, Milo, the dog, Steve, right. the neighbor. You yeah. could you could hear a few different things around here. That's right. We've let uh, Manny and Matt take a field trip outside in the warmer weather. <laughs> <laughs> Hold the rope, kids. Hold the rope. First step to broadcasting in front of an audience. Let me tell you here. This is just the first step. The Habs win another series. We're going on the road, baby. We're going on the road. Rashad, that reminds me. Did you put down the uh, the deposit for that uh, Volkswagen Beetle van? Or <laughs> Where are we with that? <laughs> That was your job. I've got the wrap already for the van. I've got our faces on the wrap already. You were to get the van. And all three of us are wearing Montreal jerseys. (laughs) And Manny's just wearing a Montreal jersey. So, Leaf fans, as you can hear, we're uh, very sorry for you. And we're obviously doing a huge postmortem for you. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick recap, just to, to make it sound, you know, remind the the listeners that this isn't going to be insanely biased. I'm a Red Wings fan. Rashad's a Canucks fan, and, and Manny likes Ottawa. And- nah! <laughs> Easy. Easy. Oh, by the way, Manny, I've got this queued up for you already. So how were you watching Game 7 on Monday night? Were you okay? Were you a little tense? Oh my god, that's just music to my ears, John Rashad. Um, I'm a pretty nervous guy, though, watching my team play sports. Like, uh, Matt 
came over um, and watched game six and they mm-hmm. won. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, maybe superstitious. I need to get Matt over here for game seven yeah. at the house. But I'm a pretty nervous guy watching my team. Uh, so I don't like many people around me when my team uh-huh. is playing. I'll make some exceptions. The Super Bowl when the Eagles won, I had a few people over. I was going to say that was a great example of it because I the from from me and I've been lucky enough to be around um, Manny for a few big games and and most of them your team has won by the yes. way. Just throwing that out there. But <laughs> you're uh, coming back. Yeah. You're welcome <laughs> back. He's anytime. he's as believe it or not he's real quiet during the games. He doesn't really say much during the game. In the commercial, he might drop a, ah, they should have been, uh, what, where was that shot going? <laughs> you know, I had three incomplete passes. What the hell? But he doesn't really say too much other than that. And the Super Bowl is a great example. So the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You had people over, not necessarily expecting the Eagles to be in the Super Bowl. Right. They get to the Super Bowl and... Man, he's entertaining. One of the the best entertainer you're going to come across, and he's got the the spread and and all of that stuff out, and he's just kind of sitting in the corner, not really not really talking to anybody. And then just because of timing and uh, and everybody else that was there, everybody else had left except for me. So there was ten people there. I want to say 10, 15, yeah, 10 people 15 people at yep. its peak. But come the, after the halftime show, it was just the two of us, and then. We made up for that in spades yes. by by, dr- <laughs> by drinking for about fifteen people. My for most liver of the night, is still they, they my liver still hurts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I get that. I, the few times I've been around here, you get a little quiet in some of those games. John, your Canucks have been in a few big games. Like, are you a nervous watcher as a fan? Oh yeah, yes, definitely. Um, it's funny because tonight is uh, the tenth anniversary, as we're recording this, of the the time that the Vancouver Canucks were in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final, and uh, both times I've witnessed that in my life, we know how that's turned out. So that's made me a very nervous Vancouver Canucks I watcher. D- I don't know how that's turned out. How did that? <laughs> what happened in those games? <laughs> so is uh, this riot night? I think so. Yeah. Oh. Oh wow. How long ago did you say? Uh, Twenty eleven. Wow, so, so it's a ten decade. years. Wow. wow. Thanks, time, Facebook, for that reminder. Yeah, yeah. Time flies. <laughs> I'm a pacer. I, I'm a oh, yeah. I, I'm a pacer, and I'm a twitcher, and then I just I, I yell, I, and just it doesn't mean anything. Like it it can be towards the play. It could just be a random thought that pops into my mind, but ah, oh, I forgot to get milk. <laughs> just my my mind, my head gets racing. Uh, so I don't think uh, the Wings have been have the Wings been in many Game Sevens. Not a ton. The one that stands out the most, of course, is the Iserman goal against St. Louis right, and John right. Casey over the right, shoulder. Right. Um, with Gretzky on the ice, by the way, it was terrible in that series. <laughs> but um, there haven't been a ton. Um, there was one against Colorado that they blew them out. Well, they that they won that game six one seven one something right. like that. And that was in after the Statue of Liberty goal. Um, but I don't think they've been in a ton. They've been successful in them from from what I I remember. And then they just get to the Stanley Cup and sweep everybody. Right. So it's the Tigers on the other hand, though a different story. Yeah. 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 So play the music again, Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get into this, guys. Um, The collapse of the Toronto Maple Leafs again, and Montreal wins. So how did the Habs win, or how did the Leafs lose? Uh, For me, the of of when you look at the series, and I know that that's 
a tough thing to do is to pick who won the series or did, did Montreal win the series? Did Toronto lose the series? I, I have a hard time believing that the Leafs lost the series. I, I just think Montreal out outmanned him, outplayed him, outhearted him, outcoached him, outgoalied them. And I, I think in, in all of those categories, you know, one of the stats that we had seen uh, early in the series when Mandy and I were watching it was the the goals for uh, or run support, so to speak, for Carey Price. And was it was abysmal. Atrocious. It was under two. Yeah. And I'm watching this thinking like, you know, you've got Marner and Nylander and uh, Matthews and you know, they've got to score two goals and keep them under two. If history repeats itself for Carey Price to win this, this is not going to end well. And I don't think anybody really thought this was going to end well. For me, the only time I thought Montreal was going to win this series is if they got it to Game 6. Because that was Game 6, 2,500 people in the building. I had mentioned it on Twitter. Like I thought Canada needed that win to get that game, to see people in the crowd. and all But... You win that game, and and now it's you know now it's a, uh, all of a sudden it's a, it's a, a series. So no, I, I don't say uh, if you have to pick a side. I, I think Montreal won that series, and I think they won that series in quite a few categories. I, I think it's fair to say it's a bit of both. I think mm-hmm. because the fact the Leafs were up three uh, one, and for some reason they collapsed, even though they had more skill mm-hmm. than the Montreal Canadiens. I think it's safe to say that, but I, I think it's also safe to say that Montreal won the series because of their will. Mm-hmm. Uh, fa- my favorite saying is skill versus will. And in this case, will won. Mm-hmm. Like you take a look at the fact that Mitch Marner had four assists in this series. That's it, no goals, four assists. Eric Stahl had four assists. Austin Matthews had one goal in the entire series. Joel Armia had two goals. Mm -hmm. And which one was the player that was chasing Connor McDavid for the points total during the regular season? Mitch Marner was in top 10, top 5 in scoring in some cases in the NHL in the regular season. Leafs had the skill, but I keep thinking back to what Uh, Our good friend Tony Ambrosio said in our last episode, uh, the playoffs are a man's game. It's Mm -hmm. a different game. And the Montreal Canadiens, we all heard this season, John, uh, that the Habs were built for the playoffs. They proved it. Mm -hmm. They, They actually went out and proved it. Like Jake Evans outplayed Mitch Marner in Game 7 on Monday night. Like when Jake Evans is doing that, wow. Like Ben Chirot was a monster Mm -hmm. out there. Um, He was great. They played desperate hockey, hungry hockey. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Leafs did that. And I think Leaf fans are even more upset because, think about it, guys. Who are their favorite Leafs of all time? You're talking about Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore, Mm -hmm. like Darcy Tucker, right? different breed now. There's nobody like that on this Leafs team. Mm -hmm. And do you think there's anything to it? I know I said um, when we were doing our predictions, I said that I thought the Leafs would win the series, but I thought Montreal would give them a little bit more of a run than people thought um, and were predicting. And uh, it just seems like Montreal just manages to raise their level just a little bit against certain rivals in the playoffs. And um, is it something to the history and the mystique of that team and putting on that sweater? Is there something to the mystique and the hockey gods and all of that stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, there should be in Toronto yeah. too. Like I, I really think it's in their be, heads. Right? 
Like, I I think it's in their heads, not for maybe the mystique, but for the fact that they haven't won anything, John. Mm-hmm. Like, what has Mitch Marner won in the NHL? What has Austin Matthews won? What has Willie Nylander won? What has John Tavares won? Like, maybe there is something about the mystique. I, I don't think the players buy into that all so much, but I can tell you that none of those guys have won anything. Like, at least Carey Price... He hasn't won a cup, but he's performed on the world level and Olympic level yep. at a very, very high level. Um, so I think there's something to say about that. No, I, I agree. And, and I think that, you know, for me, it's the pedigree of the players that, that you have around you that makes, you know, makes your team. Does, does, and it's easy to evaluate it now, and it's easy to say it negatively. Does Mitch Marner make the players around him better? I would suggest yes. Does Austin Matthews? I would suggest yes. Does Nylander? No. I don't think so. Does Morgan Riley? Yeah, he helps back there, for sure. Is there really anyone else? Really? I mean, Tavares... But is there really anybody else? Well, Tavares... I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair to say. Though. And I know some Leaf fans are talking about Tavares getting hurt and Muzzin getting hurt. But you should have enough on that team yeah. to perform. You finished 18 points ahead of Montreal. Exactly. In the standings. You should have enough there to perform. Tampa Bay won the Cup last year without Steven Stamkos. Yeah. Stamkos played five minutes in a game, right? Mm-hmm. In game three, before he scored more than Marner. And he scored in that game. You're right. (laughs) Victor Hedman missed a couple of games because he was hurt. Like, you should be able to overcome injury, especially if you're a division leader and you're going for it all. And, you know, they were making picks for Foligno and adding goaltenders and defensemen as depth guys mm-hmm. and adding was, a Thornton and, and yeah a and I was interested by that when and we had talked about this at the trade deadline they, you know they were going after a particular type of player they're going after Wayne Simmons they were going after Nick Foligno they you know the Spezas and and the Thorntons and they had a belief that these were you know the character pro, former captain type guys that were going to be in their room that were going to make make a difference and I don't think they did. And the one thing that I noticed a, a fair amount of, uh, and this was just kind of looking back in hindsight, thinking about the series. When you look at the Leafs bench, you know, Patrick Marlowe, for what it's worth, seemed to be like a, a grandfather or a father figure and, and all that. And I don't really know that Joe Thornton ever got to that, uh, that kind of level. That's fair. But I don't think there was really any sort of interaction on the bench with these guys. I feel like it was very individualized. You know, Marner comes off the ice and he's frustrated. A couple times in game seven, you know, he comes off and he's putting his head back or he's leaning forward or whatever. And nobody patted him on the back. Like whether there were words said, we'll never know. But there wasn't an obvious sign of support. It seemed very individualized and, and that there wasn't really any chemistry there at all. So what happens to the Leafs now, do you guys think? I'm going to read you a message I got from a Leafs fan today who I don't think will mind that I read this. I hope they let Freddie walk since Campbell has proven he can be a solid goaltender. Then steal Seth Jones from Columbus to strengthen the blue line so you're not relying on young guys. Then ship Marner out of town for a similar guy, but different enough to shake up the core a bit. 
So they have the team being dismantled. <laughs> uh, do they make changes with Sheldon Key for Kyle Dubas, or do they make big roster changes? What do you think? I'm interested to know what this guy thinks they're that they're getting Seth Jones for. Yeah, because the Leafs have three draft picks this year. They got a second round pick, a fifth, and a sixth. Nobody's taking that for Seth Jones, right? Are you trading future firsts for mm-hmm. Seth Jones? Plus, you got to sign him. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got one year left on his deal. Um, what do you think? Are they going to make big moves, or are they going to make leaf moves? Uh, they have to keep this core, in my opinion. Um, like uh, Riley's only got one more year left, mm. so they need to pay him soon. I don't think they can get rid of him. Because they have nobody else on the blue line. They'll have Brody, they'll have Hall, they'll have Muzzin still, but uh, that's it. And then they'll have Sandine. Dermot is a restricted free agent. Mm -hmm. They have to make a decision about him. But they have 12 other free agents. Hyman, Nash, Simmons, Foligno, Galchenyuk, Anderson, Riddick, Marenson, Hutton, Bogosian, Thornton, Spezza. So most of those guys were in the lineup, so and they only have twelve million in cap space. Those are a lot of guys to fill. But I do think that they have to keep the core. Matthews, eleven point six million, and Nylander, six point nine million, signed for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Tavares, eleven million. Mitch Marner, ten point nine million, signed for the next four years. Nobody's taking those players off your hands for that kind of money. Yeah. I think they have to ride with this core. And find another way to build around them and support them. Yeah, and I don't think looking at at future free agents or players that could inevitably become free agents, I don't think there's a ton of depth in the free agent market that's coming up. Needless to say, I don't think the the Leafs have a ton of cap space that they they can move. Ultimately, for me, somebody has to go. Matthews is not going anywhere. Tavares is not going anywhere. Marner very well could. I think Nylander's the one to go, and I think this is where you could possibly sell high on him because I thought he had a pretty decent playoff. He had a really good playoff. So if, you know, I don't think his hit is is excruciating to a cap space, and, and I, you know, maybe because of previous episodes that they've had with him, maybe he's on the short list to go anyways, or maybe words out on him about uh, throughout the league that, maybe teams aren't interested but yeah you mentioned Neiman you mentioned Freddie Anderson is Jack Campbell a number one goalie Uh, he's gonna have to be he's gonna have to be is he I, I, I don't know but you've got ultimately half your payroll wrapped up in four players and you now have enough history to show that those four players can't get it done you know what they need they need more players like Hyman like, yeah. They have $12 million in cap space, a lot of players to sign to fill their roster, but they somehow need to re-sign a Hyman and try to find some other players that way. The one thing that bugs me about the Leafs is they paid all these guys before they won anything. Sure. Right? With the LA Kings, when they won, John, you remember when they won their cups, their guys got paid after the fact. Mm-hmm. And these guys got paid before they won anything. Mm. Like, Marner and Nylander actually sat out, right? Yeah. They waited. Yep. And weren't with the team until they got paid. So that, too, is a factor uh, for me that they've made a commitment to these players. Now they've got to ride with them and try to find a way to build around them. 
And so this isn't the first Game 7 collapse. The Leafs lost to Boston in 2013 after blowing a 4-1 lead. Which Leafs collapse is worse? That one or this one? This one is because that one was one game. And in 2013, this is the 4-5 seed Boston-Toronto. They were maybe six or seven points separated. It was going to be a tough series. And I, the one thing that gets lost in the shuffle with, with how bad that, that game went is Toronto forced that Game 7 down 3-1. So they did have to come back to get into that. So, you know, same kind of scenario, right? They win Game uh, they win game 5, they win Game 6 to force a Game 7. They're up 4-1. I mean that's that to me is a once in a in a generation type collapse. This one, you're the number one seed, 18 points ahead of the team that you're playing, up three one in the series. You won seven to ten games against them in the regular season, and then not only that, that the the disinterest that it looks like in playing those last three games is to me where the, that collapse is. I, I mean, one game over a full series like that, I thought the 2013 Leaf team was pretty good. And they ended up falling behind and, and fought their way back and then just had a, a, a crazy collapse in, the, in, in one moment in time. But this series was happening along the way, and they really did not show much fight to stop it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this Game 7 collapse is the worst um, just because of everything that you said, uh, and they were heavy favorites. Yeah, like I think. Yeah, uh, I know they were a dollar twenty-five <laughs> on <laughs> on a certain online betting site that every single Sportsnet panelist had the Leafs winning. Every single every one. Every single one. All twenty-five of them, whatever yeah. they were. So this, this, in my opinion, ju- and the history plays a factor here too, John. I, I think, just because uh, an oh no, not again. Right. And what about the Pittsburgh Penguins? Speaking of teams that were built to win now, what happens to that team after being eliminated by the Islanders in the first round? See, I I think they have to ride with their core too. Yeah. Um, I think this one's a little bit different because, you know, we all saw a lot of those games between the Penguins and the Isles. Mm-hmm. I think the difference was goaltending. Sorokin outplayed Yari. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Pittsburgh's got to find a goaltender, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean they're they're not losing guys to free agency this year, right? They don't have a cap. There's there's not a lot of wiggle room there. They have similar picks from Toronto. They've got a second round pick, a fifth round pick, and four seventh round picks. <laughs> Get excited about your name possibly getting called John, but <laughs> the the note that I've got that that stands out the most is Jari makes three and a half million dollars. And that was not a very good performance. And, and I, I had the Islanders winning that series, and I was actually quite comfortable in saying that I thought the Islanders going to win that series because that's the kind of team that wins. That, that whole core, and you can see some similarities between them and Montreal, I think, in just the way that they're built. That's a core team that, that can win um, where Pittsburgh doesn't. And, and again, I said this at the trade deadline. I was really disappointed that Brian Burke and Ryan Heck, uh, Ron Hextall didn't do anything other than getting Jeff Carter, who was good. He was really good, he I was, thought. He was good. But, again, same situation. You're, the clock is ticking in Pittsburgh, maybe more than anywhere else other than outside of Washington, D.C., that you're running out of time here. You know, that, you've got to get something done, and you've got to get something done fast. 
And I think this is going to come down to more of a trade with future picks involved than anything else. Right. Like, if I look at the free agent goaltenders out there, the best one is Grubauer. Mm-hmm. And Colorado may re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cost $3.3 million this year. He's going to cost a whole lot more next year. Yeah. Edmonton's also looking for a goaltender, so that's just going to raise the price. Yep. You're looking at the other goaltenders available. Rask is older. Rene is older. Halak, old. Freddie Anderson, do you trust him after an injury? Yeah. Like, maybe you are going to have to trade a first for Darcy Kemper, right? Because I think Pittsburgh's fine, and I think Pittsburgh would have won that series if they had a goaltender. And now let's talk about the second round of the playoffs. I've adopted the Winnipeg Jets as my team in these playoffs because of my wife, Jill, being from Winnipeg. They've been sitting at home waiting. Let me tell you, nobody has jumped harder on a bandwagon than John Rashad (laughs) and the Winnipeg Jets. I was looking for a hat for the Carolina Hurricanes after I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Apparently, they're not in stock anywhere in Ontario. But, Rashad, I, I feel like you will drive at this point to Winnipeg right now to just go to a Lids and get a, a Jets hat just based on the updates that we get on a, on a regular basis here. Like you stay up till 3 a.m. 3 in the morning. That's like watching a Dodgers-Padres game that means nothing in the middle of the year and I'm supposed to be excited about it. That was a great baseball game, by the way. But you... Stay up till 3 a.m. to watch them eliminate the Edmonton Oilers, and you're a supposed Canucks fan. (laughs) Well, what can I say? Um, It's the marriage, and also I have a rule. Once I start watching a game, I have to watch it till the end. Okay. Wow. (laughs) We're going to put that after you a few times, hasn't it? (laughs) Yes, I've been very, very tired the next day. (laughs) Not in tennis matches. Did you ever watch the, uh, did you watch the one uh, with, um, I'll never remember the guy's names. Isner Uh, and Mahoud. (laughs) There you go. Yes, I did. Yes. So yes, you did. (laughs) Over three days. Uh, how did you go to the bathroom? <laughs> like well, you a know water bottles funny. on the couch or what? <laughs> it was funny because it was at Wimbledon and yep. um, it was it had gone all day and then so it was evening at Wimbledon so they were about to call it for the night and I had to start work at four and I called my boss and I said, okay, this thing's going to be over for the day in about 20 more minutes. Can I come into work 20 minutes late? And my boss was like, you know what? We're all watching it here too. Yeah, come in 20 minutes late. So I actually stayed home and watched tennis and went to work 20 minutes late. What are we talking about again? Why are we talking about tennis? (laughs) (laughs) The French Open. Let's just jump to the French Open. Rashad, where are you? The French Open. Okay, I have one more thing to say about that. (laughs) I bet Naomi Osaka to win it. Oh, oh no! You know what? We'll 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 get into we'll get into her. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Empty net. Tyler Toffoli scores, and it's three nothing Montreal, and they'll punch their ticket to Winnipeg. So the Jets are sitting at home waiting, and so <laughs> hockey. Early, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Early in the playoffs, that can sometimes be a disadvantage if you uh, stop your momentum, or if it's a little bit later and you have injuries, it can be an advantage. Having a bit of rest there. Do the Habs have a chance against the Jets? Eight hours and 11 minutes that match was. In total play, John Isner and Nicholas Mahoud. Eight hours and 11 minutes. Over three days? Over three days. Wow. Do you remember, here's the trivia question for the day, Rashad. Obviously, fifth set, 
Do you remember the final score of the fifth set? Oh. Isner won 6-4 in the first set, lost 3-6, lost 7-6, won 7-6. So the third and fourth set were also tiebreakers. The fifth set, Isner won 70-68. Oh, my gosh. That's right, yes. Is that a basketball score? Like, (laughs) what the heck? It is. It is. Anyways, continue on with the Jets. What are we talking about? Hockey again. Yes, the Habs have a chance. If the Habs can beat the first place team in the North Division, the Habs have a chance. Especially the way Carey Price is playing. Uh, I do think uh, the Jets will be tougher. I think their forwards have more jam. Mm -hmm. Especially their key forwards like Shifley and Ellers. Like, I think they can play a more physical game than Matthews and Marner, at least what we saw from yep. them in the first round. So, uh, but I, hey, I'm I'm not betting against the Habs anymore. Uh, I, I've got the Jets with more depth, a more active decor. Um, they've got a guy like, you know, and I, I thought um, um, Dano was great against... Austin Matthews, and then, you know, it, it, they took turns in the face-off circle, but I think they did a great job shutting it down. The The Jets have Cop, who I think is pretty comparable. I, I think the matchup is close, oddly enough to say this, I think the matchup between the Jets and, and the Canadians is closer than was Toronto and Montreal. Having said that, Montreal wins the series. So, uh, you know, I think the Jets have uh, better goaltending than Toronto. I think they're deeper than Toronto. Um, I I have a hard time believing that if the the Canadians were to go down 3-1 in this series, they'd be able to come back to it. I've got Jets in seven. Um, But uh, they certainly have a chance. They certainly have a chance. What about you, John? Uh, yeah, I'm picking the, the oh, Jets boy. fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm probably picking the Jets in six. Six, all right. Montreal is three, three, and three against them. Yes, they were in the regular season. Uh, all Habs, baby! Woo! The we're celebrating four. Montreal right now. What is the final? What is Montreal? What is the Pava residence? Montreal gets into the final four. And the NHL obviously will play the highest seed, so you'll end up playing Colorado. Oh, that's no good. Montreal, yeah. Quebec, yeah, like renew the rivalry. Yeah, Montreal, you're getting to Quebec. Quebec. You're getting. To, I bet you they wear those Nordique jerseys, the 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 oh, third yes. jerseys, just yeah, to the retro. Shove it to you. The retro first jerseys. Game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Colorado looks good though. All right. And uh, what other second round uh, series are you looking at? And Colorado we looks have, good. <laughs> yeah, we have Colorado <laughs> no. and Vegas, uh, Boston and the yeah. Islanders, and Carolina and Tampa Bay. I think that Carolina Tampa series is really good. It's great. It's yeah. great. That is, I hope, a seven game series because of how entertaining that series is going to be between those two teams. Um, I, I really, <laughs> to be honest with you, the the Jets Canadian series is probably the least attractive to me. I really like all of the other matchups, and, and that having said that, comes back to how Vegas responds when they play Game Two against Colorado, which is later on today when we're recording here. Yeah, like um, I'm glad the Islanders won Game Two to make mm-hmm. that a series with Boston. Yeah. Um, Vegas needs to show some fight. Yeah, like they really do. Yeah, I don't think they've looked good in this playoff. No, of, of not all at the all. top seed teams, they're probably other than Toronto losing as a, as a top seed. There, um, probably the most disappointing so far. So, so I've got Colorado winning the cup. I'm still in it. 
John's got Tampa Bay winning the cup. He's still in mm-hmm. it. You've got Carolina winning the cup. You're mm-hmm. still in it. Our guest, Steve Bell, he's got Colorado winning the cup, so he's still in it. So we're all still in it. We know what we're talking about. I've got the Islanders winning that division, right? Uh, the With Boston. Yes, I've got Boston winning it. John had Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Beller and Beller had uh, Boston. Yeah, because Beller was pinning for a Boston-Toronto series. Right. The uh, the only division we all got wrong is the North. Yeah. You guys, you all, everyone else had Toronto except me. I had Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And we don't have anybody and in that fight anymore. Nobody left. Yeah. You know what I think is funny? We all watched almost every North Division game this season, all three of us, and that's the division we all got wrong. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Couldn't figure it out. <laughs> now the listeners can lean on us, can't they? But the biggest surprise is in the playoffs. Like, yeah, I didn't sure. think Edmonton would get swept. Didn't think Toronto would lose to Montreal. And now it's time for our play of the week. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. And that is brought to you by Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training. Look, if you want to take care of your body, nutrition, sport training. <laughs> that's that's the guy right there. You should see his Instagram page. If you think Terry Crews is built. <laughs> Terry Crews looks like the little brother, you know what I mean, next to Shane Topolovic. And Terry can't grow facial hair like Shane's. No, absolutely not. No, it's a it's a nice mix of Rip Van Winkle <laughs> <laughs> and Dwayne Johnson is where he is. That's, that's, Shane sits right in the middle there. Oh, man. And again, we had some fantastic options for the last week for our plays of the week. We put four of them in our Twitter poll, and this is the play you picked. And this one is caught by Talkman. He robbed him. Mike Talkman of the San Francisco Giants robs legend Albert Pujols of a walk-off home run, and the Giants win it in extra innings. I, that was a great play. Of the four that we put on Twitter, I thought that was third. Oh, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Get out. Is that the one you voted for? That was the second we posted that. I think I was vote number one. That was a great catch. That might be the catch of the year. What about uh, Spezza getting robbed by Carey Price? You that already, might have been the save of the the whole playoffs. You already won the series. You don't need no, the play of the play. week. What about that kid from Dallas Baptist? Cole Moore jumping over the first base fence to make the catch. That was pretty good. That was good. That was pretty good. That was my second. Talkman's oh, catch was third. No, you're crazy. We're shot. Which one did you vote for? Uh, it was the kid jumping over the fence as well. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. guys are nuts. So look for our poll next Monday on our social media accounts, Podcast FFC. We will post the candidates for the top play of the week every Monday on Twitter and Instagram. And speaking of baseball, we know Matt loves to rant about how the game has changed for the worse. So much that I have enough obvious? material. <laughs> wait, wait a second, is that obvious? <laughs> uh, I was, thought you were going to tell all the baseball players to get off your lawn. I thought that was the next. <laughs> Damn Uh-oh. kids. So we had enough material to make uh, his own hit song. Could baseball be any less fun right now? Love is in the air. It's maddening every single week. Everywhere I look around. Baseball's got a massive problem. We talk about is baseball soft. I think the umpires are the softest 
Love is in the air. Position. Every sight and every sound. Maybe in sports. Somebody said I'm bad. You're out of here. Said it was a bad umpire. Just wait till the robots come, boys. Love is in the air. Robots <laughs> don't have feelings. Everywhere I look around. I'm going anti-no-hitter. Screw them. I don't want to see them anymore. They're killing the game. Oh, so man, that is so that's good. A, that's a great song. That's fantastic. That's a, Rashad, you did that? That's great. <laughs> I was up late one night. <laughs> Having a little bit too much fun, eh? That's right. Oh, that was fantastic. We could probably recycle that for every podcast. Oh, absolutely. That do. I, I, <laughs> that's great. I don't even really have anything to rant about this time around. No, not this week. It's at been least. pretty quiet for baseball yeah. this week. You know the the Baez play. Why is why is Baez getting all the credit for? Running backwards. All the guy had to do was touch first base. Touch for, it's a force play. Oh my, my, my kid got, thank you to the Pava family, uh, my little guy Crosley's birthday was uh, was on Monday, and he got a t-ball set from the Pavas, which uh, he's broken one thing in my house already with it because <laughs> he, he wants to, he's working indoors at this point. Um, the wind is, is screwing him up. But, like, that kid plays t-ball this year, he knows to just just touch first base. Like of all the bases, just touch first base. And Baez is talking about the magician and all the. He didn't. He didn't do anything. He ran backwards long enough for the guy to not realize that the runner was coming in from third to home, and he didn't do anything with it and forgot it. Of course, it's the Pirates too that oh, it happens yeah. to, right? Yeah. I, I've never seen a worse play. I don't think. No, it's that, and then the secondary part of it is. Them all standing around, right. and then he just runs to first, first eventually. But the second baseman stayed at second base, yeah. So he didn't even cover first, where like the first baseman runs down the line, can't the tag it, off, forget anything. it. He turns and throws it to first base where his second baseman is. That was one of the most inept plays I've ever seen. And now let's move on to rapid fire. Are you guys ready? Let's yeah. Go. Are you? For those of you new to the podcast, I have some more questions that I'll try to provide in rapid succession for the boys to debate. Like this first one, Ryan Reeves was suspended two games by the NHL for his antics against Philip Grubauer and Ryan Graves of the Colorado Avalanche. Fair or not fair? I'm not sure if Graves is hurt. That's the problem. He's yeah. lying on the ice, and the linesman is yeah, trying they're, to they're wave trying the trainer to over. Yeah. So, you know, and the other players that are around him are going to have to be cognizant of he's lying there, and he is injured. And that is what Mark Shuchek, the linesman, is trying to do. He's telling them, step away, he's hurt. He's on the ice and hurt. He looks to be bleeding, too, so he might have struck his face on the ice. Reeves pile drive him kind of down into the ice. So he cross-checks Grubauer mm -hmm. and then throws Graves down to the ice and then punches him and knees him in the face. Yeah, and... and presses his knee down on his chest or his neck or wherever he, wherever his leg ended up landing. And you're telling me that's two games? That's not yeah. enough. You know, the New York Rangers got fined $250,000 for maybe saying the most obvious thing that has been said by any player or any team this season. George Peros has no idea. There's no benchmark. There's no... You know, in examples, he's just like this could be the lottery balls when we see the lottery draft this week. Uh, he's, I don't know, two games. Like it's it's completely out of control. 
do you buy do you buy the argument that um, you do less games in the playoffs because games are worth more to a team? You should be doing more because there's worth more than a team. And if you're in the playoffs, that's not the time for this this these antics. You can do this in the regular season. Check the goalie. Or you're in a you know a seven game series to win a series to go to the next round to get one step closer to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, they won't. It's it's a ridiculous thought. You should be sitting him out for longer because you're like guy, we can't, you can't do this. Right, and it was at the end of the game. It was six one. Uh, it was sure he's frustrated re- and he's retaliating for the hit on. Yanmark by Graves Which wasn't earlier. even close to and, being and that wasn't an suspendable. It was a, it was a good hit. Uh, I just think those are the types of incidents that you want to get out of the game. You need to make the punishment fit the crime, and in this case, the punishment did not, in my opinion. The finalists have been announced for the Vesna: Grubauer, Mark Andre Fleury, and Andre Vasilevsky. Who's your pick? It's a pretty good threesome. Yeah. And you could have put Hellebuck in there for sure. sure. You, you really could have made an argument for him as well. I, I don't think one, two, three. I think he's four on that list. But I'm open to conversation that he was better than Flurry this year uh, for where his team was and how important he was to the team and, and all of that. <clears throat> I mean, for me, Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the league. He's the, the one goalie uh, in this league that you can really put in the lineup and you're not you're not going to score on him. He might have a bad day. A bad day, two bad days a year. I mean, he's about as steady as any goalie we've seen in the last decade. I I think Vasilevsky wins too. He had the most wins this year, 31 career best, 925 save percentage, 2.21 goals against. He wanted it two years ago in 2019, but I think there will be some votes for Flurry because this is his first nomination mm-hmm. can you believe that well like we've said before maybe one of the most underappreciated goalies in the history of hockey and he had a career best 1.98 goals against 928 save percentage i think he'll get some votes for sure and and grubauer all he did was lead his team to the president's cup and he might finish third in this yeah yeah Fans in five different arenas have been banned for crazy actions from throwing popcorn at players to spitting at players to running onto the court on Monday night. This has happened in Philly, New York City, Salt Lake City, Boston, and Washington. What should happen to these fans? Unbelievable. What's going on with NBA fans? Like, I, I, this just floors me. Did they just lose their mind mm-hmm. in, in the pandemic? Like, th- you can't throw food at players. You're yelling racist remarks. Mm-hmm. Um, you're running onto the court mm-hmm. now? Like, you're throwing water bottles? Like, this is just craziness to me. Just crazy. Not only should these people be banned from their arenas, they should be banned from attending NBA games. Period. How does that work? Like, if you are suspended for life from a Montreal Canadiens game. How, or for, from a Montreal Canadiens games, uh, I should say. How sure. is that enforced? Like, you, you're... Like, if I buy tickets online and you and I go and... Well, if it's under your name, mm-hmm. I might be able to sneak in yeah. because it's under your name. So nothing happens to these people. But there's got to be 
there's got to be something where your face is sent across the league and the security at these places need to up their game. I guess. Uh, to me, it, it has to go way deeper than this. So the NBA is, of, of all of the major sports um, out there, the NBA players are absolutely the most vulnerable. Like You can sit courtside and you're literally on the court and there is nothing keeping you back from running onto the court and sliding or you know running on the court and punching a player in the face. There's nothing that when there's nothing covered when they leave the the court, there's nothing covering their bench. There's there's no protection for them whatsoever. So the NBA has to address this first and foremost. But this has to go bigger and this has to be something the message sent to organizations and yes, one person, one bad apple can spoil the tree. Teams should have to donate their gate from that night to a charity. They should have to close their arena for a game and not allow fans in because you don't get nice things when your fans act like assholes. You don't. So you're saying... I'm saying game four or game five of whatever the the New York Knicks next home game should be empty because of this guy. Whoa. Does that not send a message? That sends a message. I think that might be too stiff. At this point, you're like, really... Uh, you know, you can get as as elaborate and and crazy as possible as you, like uh, as you want. We we haven't seen it. I don't know if we will ever see it. I pray to God we don't see it. What if these guys have a weapon? Oh, jeez! They're standing right there when you inbound a ball in a basketball game. Like we've seen video of the the girl staring at LeBron, like making the crybaby face, and then he turns around and he sees her, and she she's right there. There's nothing keeping her away from, and it's not just LeBron James; it's any player on the court. I think this is a massive security issue that the NBA has to come down hard. Don't they have security like they check bags when you walk into arenas and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, and I think most most, if not any of them, are now metal detectors and getting rid of bags. Totally. I know the mm-hmm. Tigers are doing that mm-hmm. this year, that, that there's no purses or, or anything. So I get it. So they're they're doing, you know, I don't know if that's a an arena rule across the board, like if Ford Field is the same rules or Madison Square Garden is the same rules. But I don't know. What what do you think, John? To me, this is this is something where unfortunately the way that people are acting right now it's a matter of time and i'm really surprised at this point like you've had more instances where players have gone into the crowd and fought fans than fans have come onto the court and fought players yeah well i go back to the stabbing of monica sellis years ago where a fan was able to walk right onto the court and i'm amazed it hasn't happened in the nba at some point because um you hooked me up with tickets one time to sit courtside and i felt incredibly vulnerable as a fan i can't imagine what players feel like being that close to hostile fans for sure you know you go on the road you go to madison square garden these people haven't been to a live game in a year and a half and you're trey young and you're dropping the a and and all of that stuff and and like that's dangerous man that's dangerous because there's nothing keeping people back like i I don't even want to think about that sort of thing i hope that the security at the gate will stop people from bringing in any type of weapon that way uh and i think they do that at wimbledon now too john i think i after that Monica Sellis incident. I just think you can't ruin it for everyone else. Of course, these people who are caught 
and are found guilty, they should be criminally charged. Yes. But they should not be attending another sports event. Period. The Edmonton CFL team have changed their name. On Tuesday, the club announced the team will be called the Elks. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I don't like it. Oh, what, what was that? Oh, sorry. Were we talking about the CFL for a second? Uh, John, you're the CFL no, yeah, expert. What do you think, John? Uh, okay, well, for me, number one, being a writer, is it the plural of elk? Elk? There's no S there. <laughs> and then also, an elk. Scissors, scissors is. <laughs> and then also, an elk. If you've ever seen an elk, they are not a majestic animal. It looks like there wasn't enough fur to cover the entire animal, so their bums are exposed. And they're a sitting duck for a lion or a tiger cat, for example. <laughs> it's a terrible name. So, so there's no fear at all in an elk <laughs> not not in my world oh here come the edmonton chipmunks look out like like i know they were considering a bunch of other um names that started with an e because yeah. they wanted to keep the e yeah it's easy to keep the e logo. right like i i think there were the elk hounds i don't even know what it's that nothing. is it's not a word Eagles, the elements, the evergreens. The elements? Yes. <laughs> I actually don't mind that one. The Edmonton Eclipse. See, I like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like an arena football team to me. The Edmonton Elements. The, doing it? Yeah, I, I like that, actually. I know they wanted to keep the two E's. I just think there's a missed just opportunity. Call it the Weather Dome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I just think it's a missed opportunity with fans. Get fans involved. Help them pick a new team yeah, name. Yeah, for sure. New merchandise that way. But they, I know the tradition with the EE, but it... Ugh. It's a miss. It's a hard miss. Yeah, I, I don't like it at all. In golf, the match is set. Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady will play Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers on July 6th. Who do you guys have in that? You think I'm going against Tom Brady in anything? He, they, he lost last time. I would take Tom Brady in a chess match against the, the world champion. What was his name? The guy who was missing? What was uh, uh, what's the famous one? I'm trying to think of it anyways. No, I don't know what you're uh, talking I about. Know. I don't know. There was the movie. Bill, Bobby Fischer. Oh, yeah. I would take okay. Tom Brady against Bobby Fischer in a, in a chess match <laughs> if you gave him a month to get ready. I'm taking Tom Brady for, for anything. Tiger and You're Peyton. coming off the PGA champion. Tiger and Peyton beat these guys last year. <laughs> yeah, Tiger Phil Woods. and Tom lost. Bryson DeChambeau. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> he sounds like he plays for the Habs. I don't know. <laughs> hey, parlez-vous français? Oh, my name is Bryson. <laughs> the Premier Twelve, the first star. Uh, I think and Aaron uh, Rodgers. His mind is in the clouds. He's on television now. I'm amazed he didn't show up on the Friends reunion just to be on television. I'm not going with Phil and Brady. Who you got, John? Oh. Yeah, I, I got to go with Aaron Rodgers. Attaboy. Oh, man. Attaboy. Right. Rashad's the one that got closest in the PGA Championship in uh, in our pool, right. too. So he might be onto something we here. Still owed, we still have to pay up for that one. <laughs> That's going to be over time. That's going to be multiple <laughs> monthly payments as opposed to a down payment. Sorry, Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, speaking of the Friends reunion that uh, Matt mentioned there, have you guys watched it or will you? Did you watch it? I did. I watched it Monday night. Uh, Monday night. 
What? What a piece of junk. You watched it over the Habs game? No, that was after the Habs oh, game. Oh, I was going to say. It was after the Habs game. Kick your ass. Uh, I didn't mind it. Like, I, I had to watch. So, Abby, my oldest, yep. she's 14. She's into it. Like, yep. she's watching every single episode on Netflix. Awesome. Shannon loved it. So, I said, yes, I will watch it. I thought it was all right. That's about it. That was an hour and 45 minutes of absolute rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. Pure rubbish. John, have you seen it? Uh, I've seen part of it. Um, I started watching it, and uh, it's funny. I gave Wait a minute. You've watched a tennis match for three days? For eight hours and 11 minutes. And, and you, you couldn't finish watching friends the Friends reunion, reunion for an That's hour and 40 minutes? That's all you need to know. A lot of hockey games have gone into overtime in the last week, guys. <laughs> I got to oh sleep God. at some point, and I got to eat a good five square meals a day. They... <laughs> The only thing I, I learned on, on watching the Friends reunion that I didn't know about that show, and I wasn't a massive fan of it, but, you know, it was always, you always watched it. I mean, it was it was what it was, right? Was Tom Selleck doesn't age. Right. And <laughs> Ross and Rachel almost hooked up for Ross, real. Almost, but then they didn't. Right. And they liked each other. Are you kidding me? And their first kiss was their on-screen kiss, even though they liked each other. That come was a on. great kiss, though. Oh, come on. That was a great kiss. That was actually when I stopped watching. I was like, if this is what this is going to be, I'm out. I'm out. And, it, uh, and it was We weird. just like, spoiled it for everybody. There's so much. Yeah. Like, if you haven't watched it, just pause it or, or take your headphones off for a second. But there's so many weird parts of that. Like, like James Corden. Like, where does he tie into right. all of this stuff? Lady, Justin Bieber. Lady Gaga shows up. Like, Lisa Kudrow. And I was saying to my girlfriend, we were watching it. I'm like, I w- I'm gonna put money down. Lisa Kudrow has no idea who that is because she doesn't she doesn't reference her name. She doesn't really say anything. She's like, no, I thought your version was was good too. It's like she has no idea who this is. She has absolutely no- what does Lady Gaga have to do with Friends? They're interviewing some of the people that they interviewed David Beckham and the impact that Friends had. David Beckham didn't watch Friends. BTS is in this. Yeah. And Reese Witherspoon, some other guy who I think my girlfriend thought was cute that I'd never heard of. That is, I'm a, I'm Game a Geller. Game, is that Game what it is from? Yeah. These aren't even people that were on the show. Yeah. Well, they had such a great impact on society. Oh, because the guy in Ghana liked what? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. All right, then. So what is your favorite television comedy of all time, guys? Oh, comedy Seinfeld. Yeah, I don't. It's not even close. It's yeah. not even close. I'm the Curb same your way. enthusiasm is close. Is it? Yeah. I've, I'm Curb. I'm trying to love. I just don't. No. And I've watched like the first two seasons a couple times, and I I just can't go get over the hill with it. I want to watch. I have not watched the season when they're all there, and that's what they've always said is their reunion show. They're not going to do a reunion show or, or anything like that where they're all part of that one season right. where Larry David's trying to do the reunion show. Um, but uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Seinfeld, for Clearly. sure. For sure. What about you, John? Yeah, for me, when I was younger, Wonder Years, I loved that show when I was a kid. Great and show. then Seinfeld, yeah. too. I can turn on yeah. any episode of Seinfeld at any time, halfway through, a quarter of the way through, and just laugh. Yeah, right. and yeah. just start watching it. And yeah. It's yeah. gold, Jerry, gold. <laughs> well, how many quotes from that series have become 
just everyday no. speak and uh, sorry, I use it every day. I just recently went through the whole series uh, on my lunch breaks and watched, every, and I I laugh at every single one. There's something funny in in every single episode still to this day. And the funny part maybe is the fact that you know it's so old now, like they don't have cell phones. You know, the George is trying to get in touch with Jerry about being the latex right. salesman, and right. like that that would never happen anymore. But I mean, losing your car in a parking lot. Yeah, you you can still do that today. Who let the dogs out? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> we're recording outside. Yeah, we're we're recording yeah. outside. You we're got outside. nature in the background here today. <laughs> Peeing in a parking garage too. We've all been there. Oh, oh yeah, when we had to go. Absolutely, yeah. uromycetesis poisoning. Right. You can get you don't pee. Rashad, <laughs> what do you think of the what what do you think of the the tennis player? I want to get that before we go. Oh, Naomi. Yeah, oh. Naomi Osaka. See, that's a tough one for me because she kind of issued a statement before the tournament saying she didn't want to do media and then she didn't do the media and then got uh, fined for it. So I'm kind of torn about that because mental mental health is very important and we're all discovering huge. that. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. on the other hand, we all work in the media and if every athlete decides they're not going to speak to the media anymore, we don't have an industry. So I don't know where I sit on that. Once for me, once you put mental health in the mix, you can't you can't fight back against it. You you really can't. Uh, and I take this from from the job that I have. Uh, everybody at our organization is working from home, and we've got people that live out in the county that have really bad internet. That their internet disconnects once a day, or they have issues with this and that. And we offer you know you can work from home. There is equipment there. It is all spaced out. It is clean. It is well taken care of. Once they say no, that's the end of the conversation because you can't put people in a difficult position. If, if, you know, her mental health and her anxiety comes from sitting at that table and having people ask her questions about why did you do this or what do you think of this or, you know, win or lose and she's not comfortable with it, then I say good for her. That shouldn't be something that she is, you know, in that type of, of platform and that type of event exposed to if it's something that she does not feel comfortable with. And, and really, ultimately, a lot of the questions that get asked at these press conferences, and I think, I think Manny and, and John would agree, are completely pointless. So I don't see the problem with it. I, I'm glad she spoke up. I'm glad she said she was going to donate that money towards uh, the, the mental health. And I feel really bad for her that she has to leave uh, this, this tournament because of, uh, of the state of, of where everything is right now. I agree with everything that Matt just said. Like, I, like mental health needs to be a priority, not only for the regular Joe and, and Mary Lunchbucket, but for these athletes who are put on a pedestal and have to answer questions about their job. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to answer questions every single day, a critique every single day from somebody who's not our boss yeah. about how we performed. So I, I, I think the difficult thing in that is really, you know, yes, is it part of the job that she has, you know, the, obviously the exposure to the public and, and all, her image and all that, of course. But... I think you hit the the hammer right on the head there. Is this a requirement of her being a, ver- a, a world-class tennis player? Not at all. Does she owe these people anything? No, not at all. 
One of the things that I wish to, because I've watched some of these press conferences, I've watched a lot of Andrescu press conferences in the last couple of years, and then I've watched a lot of Serena Williams press conferences over the years, and some of the questions, I mean, we work in the media, but wow. Some of the questions are so ridiculous and so insulting. Yeah, I, I sort of don't blame them. It really ultimately comes down to, the, again, the, the men against women thing. Uh, I don't think Roger Federer has to ask or uh, answer a lot of ridiculous questions in, in his press conferences where sad. Naomi, Serena, some of them absolutely do. And that's our show for today. Remember, you can email us with your feedback and show ideas and even your own hot takes at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, we love the feedback from last week's debate show. People not happy with you, John Rashad. Your takes on the tragically hip. John, another John, emailed us, said he was bent listening to you. Bent, Rashad. Mike Mike called you un-Canadian. And Tracy said you should lose your Canadian citizenship. Well, you know what's going to happen? As soon as the border opens, someone's driving me and shoving me over to the other side. I know that's going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just to recap, John Rashad hates the tragically hip, in case you didn't hear last week's episode. Go back and listen. Yeah, Yeah. we got some great feedback on the OT episode as well. Tony Ambrosio loves the hip. Good Canadian guy. If you haven't listened to that one, go back. We highly recommend that one, too. Does a great job profiling that Leafs-Habs series and really is kind of, you know, a a caveat to where that series ends up going. Yeah, some great stories from Tony, too, that we really enjoyed. We also post some great content on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast. FFC, and you can find us on Facebook at For Future Considerations. And remember to stay tuned for our next episode called The OT, which will drop on Friday. Yes, and we're going to honor again the 2017 Memorial Cup champion Windsor Spitfires in that episode. They won that title four years ago on May 28th, which we just passed. And so to remember that team, will we, be, we will be joined by the head coach of that club, Rocky Thompson. Yeah, looking forward to that conversation a lot. Uh, associate coach now with the San Jose Sharks, considered an up-and-coming candidate, expecting his phone to ring for some possible head coaching jobs in the NHL. So a great opportunity to, uh, to sit down and chat with him. Yeah, and we also want to thank our sponsors, London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic, Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sports training. So stay tuned for the OT, and thank you once again for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage! And the editor that let it come out is garbage! You're still here? It's over. Go home.